Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yaraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hey Nasty Pals, welcome to another episode of the Nasty Woman Club Podcast. I'm your host Demi Lynch and it's Thursday, finally... But you know what today means? Thursday means interview day. And oh yes, I have got something here that you are all going to enjoy. Me and my guest today have gone on such a rant about a particular controversial film that is coming out in cinemas this week. And boy oh boy, we have both got a lot to say. Those of you unaware what film I'm talking about, maybe a little bit of music will help. Yes, I know, I get the pun. There was a bit of a pun there. Yes, today's episode is dedicated to Sia's latest film, Music which has caused quite a stir, and for good reasons. Some of which include, one, the main character in the film is on the autism spectrum, yet is played by someone that does not have autism. Two, Sia claims she originally hired an autistic actor for the film, but apparently they found the work environment to be too unpleasant and stressful. So instead of adapting to this person's needs and making the environment less stressful, she replaced the actor with her protege, actress and dancer, Maddie Ziegler. Three, she said she sought advice about autism from probably the most ableist organization there is, Autism Speaks. More on that later. And apparently the other type of research that she did about autism was simply watching movies that depicted people on the spectrum. And she also said that she found inspiration from observing her friend's child that was on the spectrum. Okay, now I'm finally finished this list. And four, when people called her out on Twitter for falsely depicting inclusiveness when really the film is more like inspiration porn, she lashed out and even told someone an autistic actor who offered to act for the film, she said that they must ha- that they must be a bad actor. Wow. Okay. I need to rant about this. <laughs> and so does my guest, Chloe Hayden, or as her followers know her as, Princess Aspian. 
Chloe is an actress, singer, and autism advocate, and often she speaks about autism on her YouTube channel and her TikTok profile. Chloe is not afraid to tell it like it is, so after watching her videos, I had to have her on the show. So without further ado, here is my rant with the wonderful Chloe, or as we like to call her, Princess Aspian. Well, my dear Chloe, thank you so much for coming on to the Nasty Woman Club podcast. No worries. And this week is a very interesting week. And that's also why I wanted you very much so to come on to this week's podcast episode, because a certain movie is coming out, a particular controversial movie, which is called Music. How, <laughs> what are your thoughts, feelings, emotions about this, <laughs> this week and this movie coming out? Here's the thing. I wanted so desperately to love this film. It's everything that like my heart is just so passionate about. It's a musical. It's about autism. It's like every single aspect of this is like, yes, this is what I live for. So when I first heard about it, I was like, this is great. This is amazing. I'm so excited about it. And then I started to hear the controversy about it. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And at first I was a bit like anything that is a little bit different, especially when it's including minority groups, there's always going to be controversy, no matter what side it's being taken on, no matter who's producing it, no matter what the stuff around it is, there's always going to be controversy. So I wanted to make sure that I was forming my own opinions and looking at it from my own perspective. First thing I looked at was Twitter and I saw C's tweets. The ones in particular, I saw her responding to an autistic actor saying, oh, you're probably not a good actor anyway. Um, and I saw all these autistic people really angry about the fact that they cast a neurotypical person in the role. Not only did she cast a neurotypical person in the role, but she was like, oh, we tried to use an autistic actor, but like they don't work. Autistic people can't act properly. Um, and I was like, oh, damn, okay, this is crap. This isn't, you can't make a movie like this. And the more that I started to look into it and the more that I started to kind of involve myself in this film and in Sia and in the production of it, the more that I started to realise that you could not get a more ableist film for the topic that they're trying to talk about. This whole film is about being inspirational and about trying to like, you know, spread a positive message, but it's doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think also the cherry on top of it all is the fact that it was reaching out to the most ableist- Autism speaks. Autism yes. speaks, <laughs> yeah. So for listeners mm-hmm. out there that don't know the controversy behind Autism Speaks, that haven't seen that god awful ad what was it from like 10 years ago when they made out as if autism was like some disease why Mm -hmm. is autism speaks so toxic oh man how much you want me to rant about this because i could go on for (laughs) young girl they this organization man they promote themselves as being like the world's biggest autism company um like everyone partners with them like sesame street is partnered with them um any any person who's a celebrity who wants to do anything with autism partners with them. But the issue is they're not an autism support group. They're an autism hate group. They want to eradicate autism. Um, They believe that vaccines cause autism, which if you believe that, babe, come on, sort yourself out. Um, They, they consistently make articles and write posts about the fact that um, autistic kids are an absolute burden upon people. They made an advert about a mum wanting to commit suicide because she had an autistic child their ad campaign they had was like, I am autism. I will ruin your marriage. I will ruin your life. No one wants me here. They make it out like it's a death trap. Um, They also don't have any autistic members on their board. The only time that they did have an autistic member on board because the entire community was like, girl, what are you doing? Get an autistic person on board. And they were like, okay, we'll do it. That autistic person left after a week because they were like, this is gross. 
ew, why do I, why am I part of this? Autism Speaks is the worst group. Do not support them. The, anyone who thinks that Autism Speaks is doing anything good for autism needs to sort themselves out. It would be like a gay conversion therapist saying that they speak on behalf of LGBTQ. It's disgusting. When I heard that Sia reached out to them to seek advice on how to create a film that's meant to be, you know, inclusive and all about showing that people with autism, that they should have like a platform. That's who they reached out to. I was just like, oh girl, no, no. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the thing is you could speak to one autistic person. Like she's like, I did like three years of research to this and I'm so sad that I really just found out that autism speaks to the hate group. Boohoo, poor me. But like you literally had to speak to one autistic person. You had to say one sentence to one autistic person and be like, excuse me, what do you think of autism speaks? And they would literally vomit in their mouth. That's enough of an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then another interesting thing that I found about the trailer, and you spoke about this on a recent YouTube video, is how so with so they got Maddie Ziegler, which is like Sia's protege. I have issues mm-hmm. with that, but we won't go into that. That's a bit of a rant there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. With the character that she plays, who's meant to be autistic, they mention the fact of uh, what level functioning she is. And you've spoken about the fact that that whole label in general of whether someone's low functioning or high functioning, it's problematic. And it just makes it out as if uh, it just makes it out as if people on autism, they have to be a certain level of normal, whether Mm -hmm. they're going to be a certain level of functioning. Why is this terminology problematic? So here's the thing. People say that autism is a spectrum, which it is. Autism is a spectrum, but it's not a linear spectrum. It's not a linear line where you go, this is bad autism, this is good autism, here's the in-between. It's not like a, you know, Sheldon Cooper Rain Man. It's the way that you have to look at the autism spectrum is look at it like a colour palette. Every single person on this this autism spectrum fits a different colour of this palette. Every single one of us is a different one of these colour pixels. None of these colours is more or less colour than another colour just like no one is more or less autistic than another autistic person. And you might change colour daily depending on your mood, depending on your attitude, depending on your triggers, depending on what's around you, depending on your environment. Every single autistic person is a different colour on this palette and no one is more or less autistic than someone else. Functioning labels were made by neurotypical people to try and tell autistic people who they are. It was also, from my understanding, originally the idea of functioning labels was originally invented by Hans Asperger, who invented the term Asperger's, who was a Nazi. Um, whole other story in itself, but basically he used functioning labels as a, if you're high functioning, we can use you. If you're low functioning, you're as good as dead to us. And they experimented on them and killed them if you were considered low functioning. So stemming from a place of that is disgusting in itself. Second of all, functioning labels don't exist. If you look at me, if you looked at me in my daily life, you go, she's a high functioning autistic adult. Um, you know, she can cope with life. She has a normal job. She's, you know, you know, she's doing everything that a 23 year old should. But if you saw me on a day where I was having a meltdown, if you saw me on a day where I was really struggling, you'd say, you know, that's a low functioning person. Functioning labels don't exist. And I know that's super controversial in, uh, you know, autistic parents within the medical community, within the journalism community, but functioning labels don't exist and trying to say that they do exist is extremely ableist and extremely disgusting Mm -hmm. yeah because it all depends on the situation it depends on for example Mm -hmm. what kind of environment the person is in and also as well what kind of environment they grew up in because there are also people that have there are people with disabilities that are not they, they they grew up in an environment that's not catered to help them it's a work like against them so it all depends on situations just like any other person in the world you're not going to be acting the same you're not going to be comfortable in every single situation so just it doesn't make any sense 
A hundred percent, definitely. And the whole thing with functioning labels is that by saying, you know, someone's high functioning, you're diminishing their struggles. And by someone, yeah. by saying someone is low functioning, you're diminishing their abilities. So yeah, overall, there's absolutely no point in having them. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, another thing that was brought up with this whole controversy of Sia and the movie Music is the fact, so, she claims, I'm going to say claims, she claims that she did hire an actress that was autistic but the and <laughs> yeah. work what was the word the work environment was too stressful awesome stuff like that I still don't particularly believe mm-hmm. that she did hire an actress but whatever um <laughs> but the thing is she said the environment was quote-unquote too stressful for her as someone yes. yourself you yourself have autism and you yourself have worked in many different work environments you've worked with the media you've done filming you've done music have you ever had a situation where someone would fire you because it was too stressful or do they do the normal common sense thing and actually ask you, are you okay and adapt? You know what? For the majority of the time, if I'm on a film set and I'm struggling, just like any other actor, they help me and they make sure that I have the facilities that I need to do my job correctly. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, most I've worked in a lot of film sets before. I'm a professional actor. I've done a lot of things before. And a lot of the time I understand and I'm getting myself into a stressful situation. The thing is, Sia and a lot of other people in this industry and a lot of people who are trying to defend her say, oh, well, autistic people can't work in a stressful environment. There are autistic people that are doctors. There are autistic people that are lawyers. There are autistic people that are firemen and, and you know, ambos and all of these high stress jobs. And they're thriving because it's what their minds are capable of, because it's what they're good at. Um, so saying that someone can't be an autistic actor because the environment is too stressful is absolutely ridiculous. You know, and an an attempt of a get out of jail free card. I've had a couple of environments that I've been in where I'm like, this is too stressful for me, but I've been able to to mask and to pull myself together until I was in my safe place again. Uh, and a lot of autistic actors have to do that. That's what we have to do in life. That's what we have to do in our careers. That's how we have to. That's what we have to do to survive. Alternatively, I've done a lot of jobs recently. I worked in a film called Jeremy the Dud a couple of years ago, where the entire film is about disabilities. So as an autistic actor and as everyone knowing I was an autistic actor, they would make sure to give me time if I needed it off. They had like an area of set. If things got too loud, they would let me know if things were getting loud. They would let me know if, you know, schedules and plans were changing. They knew what my mind was like and they looked after my mind because I was one of the actors as they should with anyone. I worked in another film last month and they knew I was autistic, but the film had nothing to do with disabilities or autism. And they could see that after like three days of like, it was 38 degrees, it was hot, it was long days and my brain was just, you know, ready to get over it. They were using the clapper and I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with it. And I didn't say anything because I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm here to do a job. I'll sort myself out when I get home. And um, the director was like, hang on, everyone stop for a second. He made sure that I was okay. And then instead of, you know, firing me or kicking me off set or hiring Maddie, you know, to do my role, <laughs> He, um, he said, all right, what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you when the clap is going to go so you have time to cover your ears and get offset for a second and then we're going to count for a few seconds so you have time to get back into your original position and then we're going to go. That's all it takes, man. It's yep. not hard to be inclusive. People act as if making an inclusive film set is like a mission to Mars. It's not. Inclusive film sets literally mean looking after your actors and t- letting them tell you what they need and bloody listening to them. It's not hard to be inclusive. 
inclusive and and Sia or any other Hollywood actor who was hiring a neurotypical person to play a dis- disabled role or an able-bodied person to play a disabled role and saying it's too hard to hire a disabled actor is using inspiration porn and using false acts of good if there's no excuse for it so by hiring someone that doesn't have a disability and hiring them and putting them in as a role with someone that does have a disability that's not something that is new it has been happening for decades i thought the film industry was getting better but clearly not but like over the years for example in rain man and stuff like that what effects does that have on a person seeing a neurotypical person play someone with autism and just exaggerate and stereotype and stigmatize autism with that role yeah so there's a few different ways it affects us first of all as an actor it affects us and our ability to get work I look able-bodied, I look neurotypical, so I have that privilege of the, you know, of what other actors have, of being able to play any role. But I have friends who are actors who um, have physical disabilities, who, um, whether that's, um, you know, acrodysplasia or that they are an amputee or this, that, or the other, so they can't get roles that someone who is able-bodied could get. I don't remember the exact statistics, but I know that, like, only 2% of disabled people have the ability to get employed for these sorts of roles that's a hell of a lot of roles that we're missing out on because of that 2% of roles that we have the ability to have, even less of them we're actually getting. So first of all, as an acting from an acting point of view, it is completely taking us out of an industry which we could thrive in. Second of all, as a young person watching roles like that, before I was diagnosed with autism and even when I was first diagnosed and I was so confused and I had no idea what my identity was and who that was, as many teenage girls do, I turned to media and I turned to, you know, characters that I could see myself in. And, you know, they go, this is an autistic person. And I would look at that and look at the way that people treated this autistic person or this disabled person. Um, Disabled people in media are always portrayed as the hero, the villain or, um, you know, the laugh, the joke. And I'd see this and I'd see these three things and I'd be like, this isn't me. This isn't what autism is. This isn't, this isn't who I am and who, how I want to be portrayed. So as a disabled person watching disabled roles being so grossly stereotyped and stigmatized by people that don't even speak for us in the first place shows us that this is what the rest of the world see us as and continues to praise this stereotype, which we have been fighting for so many years to get away from. And then as a neurotypical person watching these roles, See, they see an autistic person in media. They see Rain Man. They see they see Sheldon Cooper. They see Sean Murphy. They see all of these, you know, so, some apparent autistic characters. And then they see me, and they go, "You can't be autistic because you're not like this person." They completely belittle and diminish who I am because of what their false ideas of autism are, because of what neurotypicals portray us as. Mm-hmm, exactly, because yes, so many people might never meet someone or might knowingly meet someone that might be on the spectrum. But mm-hmm. if they're seeing these movies that, you know, big box office films, and that's their only way of understanding or getting any knowledge at all of autism, then that's just going to how they're going to stereotype you. Like, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for people out there, I don't know if, if it's it's a very obvious answer, but... Should people see this film and see if it is as bad as it seems in the trailer? Boycott the film, man. I don't care how good it is. <laughs> yes. I don't care. I don't care how good the musical numbers is. I don't care. I don't care if it's bloody greatest showman quality, man. Boycott this film. It is disgusting. We do not want Hollywood to get the idea that they can continue to make films mocking us. Couldn't agree more. Definitely could not agree more. Well, Thank you so much, Lovely, for coming onto the podcast and ranting about Sia (laughs) and this movie music. I've been wanting to rant about it for so long now. So thank you so much for coming on and just having a good old-fashioned rant with me. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club. I hope you enjoyed our very long, well-needed rants. <laughs> I highly recommend giving Chloe a follow on TikTok and YouTube. It is at Princess Aspian. I'll also leave some links as well to some of my favorite videos and TikToks of hers because I think many of you just need to check them out. They are so great and, oh, and again, thank you, Chloe, for coming onto the podcast. Now, as promised in my last episode, I will be announcing today what next Monday's topic of the day is, what I shall be ranting about on Monday's episode, and that topic is going to be Donald Trump. Good old Trumpy. With Joe Biden's inauguration coming up on Wednesday, the 20th of January, not counting at all, I don't at all have a timer on my desktop computer counting down the days, minutes, and seconds until Trump is gone and hopefully dragged out of the White House. One could dream. Anyway, I want to have an episode dedicated to Trump. I want to use this platform to bitch about the man that has caused the world so much pain and so much fear these past four years. And also, I want to remind everyone just how many fucking chances this man has got these past four years, and earlier, actually, as well. But it won't be a Rant Monday episode without having all of you joining in the conversation. So make sure you send me a voice memo on Instagram at the Nasty Woman Club or send in a voice memo to me through my email, hello at the nastywomanclub.com. I want to hear your thoughts, opinions, feelings about Donald Trump and how you're feeling right now knowing that he might get kicked out of the White House, knowing that he did instigate a full-on domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol building. Give me your thoughts, feelings and emotions. I want it all. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to TNWC. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Every share, every rating, and every review helps grow this podcast. I'll be in your ears again on Monday. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. <laughs>